0: Welcome back to the Tapes Archive podcast, where we release interviews that have never been heard before. In this episode, we have the spaceman himself, Ace Freely. At the time of this interview in 1994, Freely was 43 years old and was out on tour. In the interview, Ace talks about playing while being sober, his influence on other guitar players, how Eddie Vedder reminds him of Jim Morrison, and the possibilities of a KISS reunion. As always, we have music critic Mark Allen at the helm conducting the interview. If you'd like to support the show, please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. There, we post other content and information not available on the podcast. If you'd like to read the transcripts for any of our episodes, please head over to our website at thetapesarchive.com. We'll jump into the interview after a quick word from our sponsors. The Tapes Archive is proud to be sponsored by the true crime documentary, Dead Man's Line.
1: You've got a hundred armed officers around here trying to get a shot at me. I dared him to shoot me. I didn't go down there to be a buffoon. I went down there for vengeance. And God, God, I'll have vengeance. In
0: 1977, Tony Karitsis kidnapped a mortgage broker and held him captive for three days. For the first time ever, the media was able to cover the event live. To some, Tony was a hero. To others, he was a crazed thug. Dead Man's Line. The true story. Of Tony Kretzschmar. This award-winning film is available exclusively on Amazon Prime. One last thing before we get to the interview: the Tapes Archive podcast is a proud member of Osiris Media, a global community connecting passionate fans with podcasts and experiences about artists and topics you love. Thanks for tuning in, and now it's time to open the vault.
1: This is Mark. Mark, it's Ace really. Ace, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Not too much. Where are you today? I'm in New York. Are you? Uh, where are you? I'm in Indianapolis. All right. Where you'll be next week, I guess. So are you uh, taking some time off from the road uh, now, or are you in, yeah, in I'm between shows? i uh, two days, then we head out to the Midwest. Let me start by asking you if you've had a long career, and there's apparently more to come, and I'm interested in your perspective on this. Tell me what's great about rock and roll, and what sucks about rock and roll. What's great about rock and roll is performing. What sucks is the traveling and all the other bullshit besides performing. <laughs> <laughs> performing is the, is the ultimate. Everything else is bullshit. You know, the, the, the traveling, the hotels, room service, they always forget something, you know, that kind of shit. You have to put up with that shit. So it's so one, and a, one, one and a half hours a day is great the other uh, 22 and a half suck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're between labels now, is that right? Correct. And, uh, I guess the last solo album was about four years ago. Is being a solo artist significantly harder for you? It's been a harder road since I left sure. Basically, it's just Ace Reilly is is the name that everybody recognizes. The other three members of my band, you know, aren't superstars, so it's not the same. So it's a a harder road for me to secure a record deal and so on and so forth. We've been negotiating with three or four different labels and I I think I'm very very, uh, confident that by the end of the summer we'll have a record deal. Why do you think it's been so much harder? I mean, other than not having the other members of the band be famous and all that, I mean, you're pretty famous. Oh, my reputation hasn't been that great. Yeah, what'd you do? What did I do? Yeah, what did you do to earn your, your reputation? Uh, have you read the press on me for the past 10 years? No, on and off, and I've heard some stories and stuff. Okay. Let's just say I'm the Keith Richards of uh, <laughs> rock and roll in America. Um, are you still the Keith Richards of America? No, uh, I've been sober now over a year, and it feels great. So hopefully the record companies will take notice of that, mm-hmm. especially when they hear the new material, which is probably some of the best stuff I've ever done. Do you feel more inspired? Is it easier to write now, being sober? Uh, I don't know if I feel more inspired. I just feel, it's, it's just different. You know, I, I approach things a little more analytical, uh, whereas uh, when I was stoned, I used to just, you know, write songs without thinking. Yeah. You know, so now I think a little more. Hopefully, my fans will think this next album will be a better record than I've done in the past. I mean, I hate to say, you know, better. I think it's going to be a great record. It's going to be heavier than the last album. Do you mind talking a little bit about sobriety? Is that all right? No. And, I don't I, mind. Okay. What I wanted to ask, I guess, is um, do you, do you look back on on days of uh, drugs and alcohol with regret? No. I think it was a learning process. I don't regret anything I've done in my life. You live and you learn. So tell me some things you've learned. Well, I've learned that that's not the, the road that I should take at this point in my life. When you're in your 20s, maybe, you know, maybe you should experiment with, with drugs and alcohol. I don't know. I don't like to preach. I don't like to tell people not to drink or not to take drugs. All I know is for me right now, they don't work so I don't do them. Having uh, done my share of drugs my own self, Excuse and me, my I'm saying that I, I did my share of drugs myself. I, I did my share of drugs too. And I wonder if, if you, when you look back on it, you think that, that there was part of it that, that you attained like a higher state of consciousness. Higher state y- of Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean high, high. But I would I mean, say just a different state of consciousness. Yeah. That you do experience things that you that you wouldn't have otherwise experienced, and that that some of those are really uh, good memories. Yeah, I had some great times. Loaded, I had a lot of fun. Things are a lot different now, though, on the road. Old groupie scene, aids. It's just not the same. Every dog has his day, and every, and then there's a time and a place for everything. And I think. Uh, Right now, it's time for uh, people to calm down and uh, chill out, and maybe reevaluate some of their values. Because you got people committing suicide; things are crazy right now. You have the people that are on the edge, and then you have the people that are sane and sober, and, uh, and the people in the middle that don't that don't know which way to go. <laughs> Did you have? like record company people saying, oh, man, man, you know, we'd love to sign you, but you, we're, we're afraid of you, we think you might be bad news? That was never said to me. Was it implied? Not really. I mean, look at the Rolling Stones. Well, I think Keith Richards is sober, you know, but they're the Rolling Stones. Everybody in that group is a superstar. That was the point I was trying to make before. You know, when I was in Kiss, everybody in the group was a superstar. So when you're a solo artist, it's a lot hard to convince a record company that you know i mean if keith richard died tomorrow they'd find somebody to fill in and it would still be the rolling stones the same way when you know when brian jones died if i died i'd have three hired guns and that would be the end of the band that's the gamble and that's the risk that people are taking so a record company would think a lot more uh, to take a chance with just a solo artist you know with three unknowns is a lot more of a risk than signing for people that are rock stars okay. would you agree yeah no, I, I agree with you completely that's right. why, that's why they, my problem is my problem has been in the past also, even though I've been sober for a year, a lot of people don't believe it. That's that's a problem, too. How did you get sober? Did you just decide to clean up and that was the end? Or did you go through a 12-step? Well, that's kind of a personal question. Okay. I'd rather not discuss that. Alright. Uh, Let's just say I'm sober and I went for counseling. Okay it's fashionable for a lot of musicians to say that, uh, these days that they were influenced by you and influenced by KISS. Have you heard anyone say it who you were particularly proud about? You name every top rock and roll group and the lead guitar player will probably say I was their, one of their major influences from Pearl Jam to Skid Row to you name it. I took my daughter to see Pearl Jam and uh, the lead guitar player asked me for my autograph. <laughs> You know, these things happen. You gotta understand that most of the groups that are popular today, when KISS was their high point in the late 70s, the guys that are popular today were teenagers. And I was a major influence on the guitar players. A lot of people had come up to me and tell me, you know, it wasn't for me, they would have never picked up the guitar you know, a live one on a live tour. They consider their rock and roll Bible. You know, I consider that very flattering. If I knew that was gonna be the case, I probably would've practiced a little more. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's life. You take it as it comes. It's nice, uh, you know, I just turned 43 April 27th, and it's nice to wake up without a hangover. Plus, I have a 13-year-old daughter I'm trying to set an example. How can I tell her not to drink beer? If I'm getting drunk on beer every day, that just doesn't flush. I'm trying to set a sober example. So my daughter hopefully will turn out a respectable young lady. Does she appreciate who you are and what you meant to music? Yeah. Oh, she does, okay. In fact, she told me uh, the other day that, that she enjoys watching me perform more so than anyone else. Uh, what's her name? Monique. Monique, okay. Were you surprised, along the line of all the people who you've, you've influenced, were you surprised to find that Garth Brooks and John Michael Montgomery were among uh, the big Kiss fans? I was surprised Garth Brooks was. I don't know, who's Michael Montgomery? John Michael Montgomery had a has a couple of big hits. Uh, uh, country. A he's a style of music. He's a country guy. He's country too. He had, yeah. everybody that's country, Uh, I'm surprised that they were influenced by KISS because, you know, KISS and country are so different. Yeah, but they seem to have uh, appreciated the theatrics of KISS. That was one of the reasons I left the group because, you know, I consider myself a musician first, entertainer second, and a lot of times the reviews of the group were, you know, the group was, was a great show and the music was okay. That bothered me because I consider myself a good guitar player. When people would say that the group is just, you know, an average musical band, but visually we're one of the top theatrical groups in the world, that bothered me. I was voted fourth in the world by Guitar World. That says something. Even though I never took a lesson, I can't read a note, and I don't think Paul and Gene will ever be voted. Uh, In fact, they weren't even on the ballot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, can I tell you? It's funny that you mention that because the one time that I saw Kiss, I think was in uh, 74 or 75, and I don't remember a note of the music, but I do remember some of the show. That's one of the the drawbacks of it. Everything takes second uh, place to uh, spitting blood and fire and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there there were evenings when I, I didn't drink and I wasn't as animated on stage. I was a lot more... Uh accurate with my uh, playing. And then there were other nights when I got kind of loaded and, you know, ran around the stage and played sloppy. People would come up to me and say, "Well, you played great tonight. <laughs> and the nights where I wasn't as animated, but I played better, they would say, well, did you have a bad night? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of shows you where, what Kiss was all about, it was the show first and the music second. That's okay. No, I wanted more, and I think my albums since I left KISS yeah. show growth and show that I am an accomplished musician. Were there other reasons that you left besides, uh, besides uh, that? Well, there was friction between Paul, and Gene. There were a lot of reasons. I don't know if you read the article in Guitar World. No, I didn't. Uh, if you read the article in Guitar World, where I'm on the cover with uh, Snake from Skid Row and uh, Daryl from Pantera, you'll you get a good handle on why I left. There's about 20 reasons why I left. Is that a current issue or, or how far back uh, is uh it was, it was at about maybe, maybe six months ago. It was one of their biggest sellers, if not their biggest. The rock and roll business is crazy. It's a roller coaster ride. Do you have any relationship with those guys now? I'm good friends with Peter. I just finished playing three guitar solos on his new CD. Recently, I spoke to Paul and Gene on a conference call. We kind of buried the hatchet. It was a nice phone call. I apologized for quitting the group. Gene said to me, wow, you sound different. I said, well, it's because I'm not drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows what will happen in the future? Would you consider going back with them in some capacity? Uh. That's up to them. They own the name and uh, they'd have to approach me. If it was, uh, how should I say, if it was offered to me in the proper way and it was a fair deal, I would seriously consider it. Uh, A lot of people say that the guys that they've gotten since have been maybe technically more accomplished than you, but the emotion and the, the licks are, I mean, they can't touch you for that. I don't know if you've listened to KISS uh, since you left, but do you have any sense of that? Is that that an accurate reading? I think Bruce Kulick is an excellent guitar player. Technically, he's probably better than me. So are a lot of other guitar players. As you said, when you play, there's something more than technicality that people judge musicians by its emotion and it's not how fast you can play, it's how you you know, how you play. Some guy can play in a four bar four bar solo, a hundred notes whereas one guy can play five notes and the solo with the five notes sounds better. Why? Because it has feeling I consider myself a blues rock guitar player. I was a big fan of B.B. King, Albert King, Freddie King. I learned those from those guys, Eric Clapton. And I think some of the best solos are the solos that you can hum, that you can remember. It's hard to hum 30-second notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think you got my point. Tell me about the the artwork that you do. Uh, it's sort of explained in the bio, but not completely, so. Well, my second love is computer graphics. For the past two or three years, I've been seriously involved with computer graphics as my, as my second love. Last uh, year, I did a show at a gallery where I displayed. It was 16 or 18 pieces of my artwork. And this spring, I'm planning a show in New York. To display some of my artwork. I'm also getting involved with animation, digital video, and you know, how to play with it, and uh, special effects. I have about a $50,000 system. What are your solo concerts like? I mean, I imagine they're nothing like KISS. So, yeah. My solo, solo concert? Yeah, when you play here, what is your show like? My band? Yeah. Well, have you heard any of my albums? Yeah, not for a while, but I heard them when they came out, sure. Well, my, my style hasn't changed very much from the style of KISS. You know, I played with KISS for 10 years, and basically my style is the same. I'm just a, a hard rock guitar player. The show uh, that I'm performing now, there's a lot of old KISS songs and a lot of my favorites. I think it's song songs. That's my fact for it. Oh no, that's my other line. Hold on a second, please. Anyway, where were we? Uh, you were telling. Sorry, I, I, we were interrupted. You were you were telling me about the uh, you know that basically you're playing hard rock. The band. Yes. Yeah, the band's real heavy. I, it, it's similar to Kiss. I think we're better than Kiss. I think we play Kiss songs better than Kiss plays Kiss songs. A lot of the songs in the set consist of Kiss songs and also stuff I've done since I left KISS. What are some of your KISS favorites? Deuce, Detroit Rock City, Cold Gin, which I wrote, Snowblind, which is off my solo album while I was in KISS, you New know, York Groove, Parasite. That's a pretty good list. Yeah. Do you miss the uh, the big show, big Strange stage? Ways. Oh, I'm sorry. That's probably one of my favorite guitar solos. In fact, the lead singer from Skid Row, Sebastian Bach, told me he always used to listen to the solo in strange ways right before he went on stage, just to get fired up. (laughs) It's amazing, I mean, how many people you've you've affected. Do you miss the big stages, big shows, big crowds, the whole rock star thing? Do I miss arenas? Yes and no, I miss the money. Yeah. (laughs) as far as playing smaller smaller venues, actually I enjoy them more. You know, when you when you play the big arenas you got that big barricade, you can't even touch the fans, you know, they're usually at least ten feet away from the edge of the stage. Whereas when you're playing, you know, at a thousand or a fifteen hundred seat arena, you usually have the ability to at least touch your fans. So they're actually it's a little more intimate. It's more fun for me, even though it's not as profitable. Basically, I'm not doing this for the money, I'm doing it because I enjoy performing and I want to continue to perform. What do you think of bands like uh, Strutter and all these uh, other KISS tribute bands? Well, I'm very flattered that groups uh, emulate KISS. Obviously, they're, the fact that there's so many out there, obviously there's a market for it. So maybe one day there will be a reunion Paul and Gene, you know, decide to get smart and uh, cash in on it, but that's between those guys. Yeah, you said you would talk to them on, on a conference call. Was that initiated by you or by them? Well, that was initiated by our attorneys because we had some business that needed to be discussed. Nothing to do with a Kiss reunion. People have asked me to ask you this. Your image is still on a lot of T-shirts that are around and all that that are being sold brand new now. Are Yeah, are you, uh, yeah guess puts those out. Uh Do you own your own image? No, I don't. Oh, man. That, that can't be easy to take, I would think. That'd be very difficult to... Look I, I can deal with it. Can you? Okay. Okay, uh, you know. So I designed something, all right, so somebody else owns a big deal. As far as our uh, contracts are concerned, nobody else can wear my makeup. In other words, let's say KISS decides to, to do a KISS reunion without me, that they wouldn't be allowed to do that. They wouldn't be allowed to dress somebody else up as Ace Fairly or if they did a Broadway show like Beatlemania they wouldn't be allowed to do that legally. But they can't put your face on t-shirts and sell it. Yes them. they can. Yikes. Big deal. I think it just perpetua- perpetuates the myth of the group and uh, if they're putting my face on t-shirts obviously they're doing it for a reason and I think it begins with the word m and ends in the word y. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're taking it pretty well, I guess. (laughs) Well, well, you know what else can I do? I'm I'm really happy with the group I have now. On guitar, I have Richie Scarlet helping me out. I have a new bass player called Saul Zonana, S-A-U-L Z-O-N-A-N-A-A, like banana with a O. And on drums, I have Steve Warner, and we're all from the Metropolitan area, you know, the New York area. Yeah. And uh. It's a great lineup. The group is really uh, a kick-ass band and uh, I'm having more fun now pl- playing with these guys than I've ever had. So I'm gonna continue to do so until I get bored. When I get bored, I'll, uh, I'll do computer graphics as a living. Uh, just a couple of other things, I'll let you go. For another story I'm working on, I'm asking everybody I interview, if music were like the stock market and you could invest in some young up-and-coming act, Who have you heard or seen that you like? You know, I don't listen to the radio. When I drive in the car, I don't listen to the radio. You know, I listen to... uh, I throw in Jimi Hendrix or I throw in Cream or uh, Jeff Beck. I don't really listen to the radio very much. I'm not too familiar with a lot of the new groups. My daughter helps me out on that, in groups like Pearl Jam and uh, Stone Temple Pilots and, you know, that, that, that whole Seattle sound. She's into that. That'd be a hard question for me to answer and I really couldn't answer it, to be honest with you. You said you went to see Pearl Jam. Did you like it? I thought they were excellent. So the lead singer reminded me of Jim Morrison, you know, kind of like a, a rock poet. With well, any luck, he won't meet Jim Morrison's end. And- <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that, you yeah, know. I hope not, because I heard he's a very depressed guy, and very moody, like Jim Morrison was. So let's hope he hangs around a while. The last thing I wanted to ask you is I've I've talked to a bunch of people around. I I called a bunch of people I know who who are really huge Kiss fans, and um, they were saying that that they had met you at one time or another, and that you always seemed a little pissed off and a little angry. Can Can that be attributed to the the drinking? How recently? Oh, this was this was probably ten years ago or more. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I used to have a hangover in the morning. You know, when kids would come up to me, you know, I was always in a bad mood, because I had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody wants to talk to anybody with a headache. <laughs> well, as long as you're feeling better now. And, uh, oh, I'm feeling a lot better now. Is it harder to, uh, to do this at uh, 43 than it is at uh, 23? Believe it, a lot, believe it or not, it's a lot easier to do it now sober at 43 than it was in my 20s drunk i'll be around a while. nice talking to you Mike. same here thanks a lot take care it was a pleasure yeah same here to be at the show uh i'm planning to be yeah okay well I'll, hopefully i'll meet you there okay i'll come take over. care now you too bye-bye
0: bye-bye hey thanks for listening to the tapes archive podcast please remember you can always find more information about the show and the individual episodes at our website the until next time the vault is closed